Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive's author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby, and your host, DJ Payne. G'day, it's your old mate DJ Payne here, and welcome to Thrive Deeper, your favourite Bible podcast. It is episode 129. On this episode, Matthew and I are diving deep into the book of Judges. Now, if you have never gone into this Old Testament book before, Doggy, you got to strap on in because things are going to get crazy. Now, I need you to listen carefully to this episode because we have got a very special listener offer just for you to get your hands on a incredible resource that Matthew has done and you can get it at half price if you listen carefully to this episode. All right, that's enough from me. Let's go for it now in to the book of Judges here on Thrive Deeper. Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, Matt, let's, it's time to get into this. We literally have just spoken uh, about all the problems of the universe, personally and universally. Solve them all. You actually didn't even pause. At some point, you pressed record in our conversation. And then no, I right, assume I, I assume that was just the start? Yeah, that was the, the, that's yeah, the that's start. start. That's the start. Well, that's great. All right. <laughs> we 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 listen if you I'm, I'm just going to give give thrive perspectives a bit of a shout out because the beginning of last week's thrive perspectives which is Matthew racing in here everyone running late we need to get this done and then Matthew spending 15 minutes playing Minecraft with my son <laughs> it was not 15 minutes it was 5 minutes there will never be a beginning like like, like the Thrive Perspectives. So I, I'm not going to try to come up with something witty at the beginning okay, of every podcast right, sure. of fun. I just right. want to jump into and, and get going it because especially, believe it or not, and I know I say this every time, nearly every time, every other time, Judges is one of my favourite books in the Bible. And you I, are. <laughs> you and I know, You're nuts. <laughs> and I know that's not a popular statement. I know that's a po- not a popular thing. You know, you know why I put it together today. Why I think Judges is one of my favorite mm. books, because growing up, he, as everyone knows, who knows me, Hebrews was my favorite book in the Bible. Mm. Hebrews lists the heroes of the faith. Yeah, two of those heroes, two or three of those heroes are yeah. judges. Yeah. So I would often, yeah, right. to yeah. know those stories, I would go back and read Judges as a child. Yeah, right, yeah. So I think there's this weird connection. Yeah. Ah, oh, no, <laughs> Judges, uh, I I think about it, it's it's important background, Judges, and the pattern of Judges oh. that we're going to talk about. I mean, it's very, very important statement about who God is. And oh. it's an it's actually enormously comforting book. Yes, uh, and and we'll we'll talk about why that is as we uh, well, as we go through it. Warning: If this is your first time through Judges, look, we believe that it's a comforting, amazing mm-hmm. book. It's also one of the. It's our. It's at least R-rated. Yeah, I, I listed. <laughs> I listed some of the things that happened to it. I thought, what rating would I give uh, to this book? And the list of iniquities. Oh, good <laughs> that lord! This book racks up. It it. 
it, I, I think it went beyond R rated. Yes, it was yeah. you, you just you, you could not oh. uh, you could not make a movie uh, of this. Well, legally. if you if you if you did, it would be it would be a very dark movie. So let's get into it. The Book of Judges. It's the seventh book of the Old Testament. Here we've got you know coming out of the the books of Moses, and then we've just gone through the the Book of Joshua, and so uh, it, it is covering this period of time. Um, you know, Moses has led the Israelites to the promised land. Jo- uh, Joshua and, and you know, some of the other leaders, the rulers, including uh, Caleb and these people, have brought them into the promised land. They believed and obeyed God, for, you know, for everything that they said. You know, the amazing, amazing time of, of, of possessing this land of promise that God has given them. And now we have the book of Judges, which covers roughly around about 350 years roughly from about 1380 BC, 1,380 mm. years before Christ, to about, you know, 1,000 BC, roughly around there, depending on where you, you know, where you age things. It's 21 chapters long. It covers, uh, you know, this really, really bizarre time in Israel's history between mm. the, 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 you know, the settlement of the land and the generations between, you know, between the settlement of the land to the beginning of the kings. Yeah, that's right. And it is, it is one of the most bizarrest time of Israel's history, but it's an important time to understand. And it's also, I believe, an important part of the story of us to understand ourselves yeah, as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's what I would describe as a very deep, dark valley yeah. spiritually. Yeah. yeah. Israel go into a really deep, dark valley. One of the things I often say is that it's often in the darkest places that the light shines the brightest. And Definitely. I think um, I think there's not a book in the Bible where the grace of God shines more brightly uh, apart from the moment of Jesus' crucifixion, which yeah. is the darkest moment, yeah. uh, but also the moment when the light shines most brightly. But the book of Judges, that comes in, I think that comes in next. That it, yeah. The, the way that we see the grace of God work uh, in this dark spiritual valley. Interestingly, um, this is a, in the ancient world, <clears throat> in, in history, uh, and what, what's going on elsewhere. We're probably around uh, 1200, this is probably from about after 1200. Yep. Uh, now, this is the end of the Bronze Age moving into the Iron Age here. Yes. And in the ancient Near East, this is also a black hole in ancient Near Eastern uh, history. history as well. There's, they speak of a kind of dark age mm. where a lot of the big empires collapsed and, uh, and the world broke up into smaller nations and we just had no records for, a couple, yeah. you know, for at least a couple of hundred years, uh, if not more. It's not really until we get into the sort of nine hundred, you know, there's yeah. there's about three hundred year block there, where historians say we don't know what went on there. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, this is this is the period shrouded of in obscurity, but, and that's where the Book of Judges is significantly. I think, yeah, and, and and it's important to say that's the history that's happening in the Middle East because you know we have history of that period in India, we have period yeah, yeah, the history right. of, yeah, yeah, of, right. of uh, China and Japan yeah. have amazing you yeah, know dynasties right. happening yeah, yeah. over there at that time. So we have this we have this uh, you know this book, and the other thing to say right at the beginning, no one's really sure. Who wrote this book or no. who compiled it? No. Um, yeah, it, you know, right. yeah. compiled by 
you know, probably some of the, uh, you know, leaders of Israel that came after this, mm. you know, putting together maybe in the time of the kings. There's other yep. suggestions around it, but we do, it, there's no author. There's no author given yeah, in the that's book. that's right. And so we don't want to assume anything yeah. there. I mean, you've got statements like, you know, such, a, such and such has been there till this day. Yes. Or, so it's evident that it was written, well, this is also is the complex, because there can be complex histories to, to writings like this. So, yes. so- there are things, for example, when we what we see when we get to the you know, to books of Samuel and and from there on, uh, it actually refers to records that were being kept yeah. at the time. Yeah, uh, records were being kept at the time, but then you've got someone writes something later, but then someone might edit that yep. later again, and so you get quite complex histories of composition uh, to some of these books. And by the providence of God, we have in it the final form what we have. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, we have no reason to believe that they didn't work faithfully with the text, but often it's not what's being changed are not the facts, but they're being shaped for a certain purpose a spiritual to a later audience and yes. then, of course, handed through to us. Yeah. And so that's it, how we get the final. And even, even if we don't know the physical authors <laughs> and compilers to these books, we know and trust that this is, you know, Breathed by the Holy Spirit, compiled by Him, yeah. you know, we have it for a reason. Now, we, as we begin, I think we should we need to talk about, you know, people will come into this book of Judges and they imagine, depending where they grew up, if they mm. they grew up in Australia or in the UK, mm. they're going to think of guys in black robes with oh, white yeah. wigs mm. and a, and a gavel in their hand, ready to go, or a lawyer, or mm. is it? So, is this a horrible book of law and judging and judgment? No, the, book, no, the judges. Well, it's it's. Uh, the, the name Judges is, uh, I think it was in the um, in the Latin Vulgate, it was the name that it was given yes. in the original Latin Vulgate. So, it's, you know, traditionally been used as the title uh, for this book. But the, the, the name comes actually from a title that's given to the, to the leaders. Yes. Um, here, uh, they're, they're referred. You know, at, at points they're referred to as judges, those who, yeah. you know, such and such judged Israel for that long, and that's just that's just a, a way of saying that person led Israel because part of a leadership role was judging disputes. And the other side of it here, and Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, my little bit of homework around it: the the Hebrew word translated judge. Mm. Means judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's it's um, soffit. S o p h e t. Gee, you got into the details of this. I love this book, man. Yeah. I love yeah. this book. Yeah. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I really do. You know, you know what I love a book yeah. when I really go. We go in deep here. But the idea of 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 this judge in the in that um, you know the Middle Eastern word you know, word that was shared around in these cultures was almost like a champion of the people. Yeah, and there's also a sense, and I think it's very clear in the book of Judges of this is a divine divine judgment. This is a tool or a use or, you know, yeah. I'm using this as a divine uh, this, judgment. This person. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. they are, and that's actually very evident because what we see quite regularly in this book is the spirit of the Lord came upon, you know, such and yes. such. And, and, and often uh, the spirit of the Lord is coming upon Re- very questionable people. Now, this is the this first thing. This is a thing. great theme. This is a great That's, This is one of the great themes in the yeah. book of Judges yeah. because we're going to be disappointed if we're looking for great faith heroes. Now, the interesting thing is in in the list of heroes of the faith, I mean, we refer to it as heroes of yes. the faith. Yeah. <laughs> in Hebrews, it's just people that had faith and yeah. are commended because they had faith. Yeah. Everything else- yeah. 
uh, could have been wrong with them, but they had faith. And of course, isn't that the, such a key message of the New Testament? Amen. That we're not saved by merit. Yeah. We're saved by grace through faith. Yes. And hey, let's list in book of Hebrews, here's a bunch of people that had faith. Jephthah, yeah. who was an absolute brigand and a yeah. whatever, like, yeah. you know, and so- a warlord. Yeah, a warlord, yeah, 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 basically. Yeah. And yet, he had faith, yeah. and because he had faith, uh, he was commended. Yeah, so it's, it's incredible. It's and, and so, this is this is a book of God using very crooked sticks yes. to make straight hits. Yeah. And that's the, comfort, that's the first comforting bit. It's like, if God can use these guys, then- he can use me and he can use you and he can use anyone that's listening. And, and we learn through that, we learn that, and I hope you will learn as you read this and keep this in mind, that I'm going to tie it into, and we're, going to, we're probably going to start doing this more and more, tie, tying it into previous episodes. I think of what we spoke about, Matthew, on the, um, the, the Thrive Perspectives episode that was just fairly recent about who rules the world. Mm. And in the, in the culmination is, you know, of course, yes, God rules the world through his, his chosen yes, vessel, right. through men. Yeah, that's right. Through men and women, yeah. um, through humankind. That's the way he's chosen to do it. We see here in the book of Judges that truth yeah. ringing out so yeah. loudly because, because God is like, I'm not going to intervene, yeah. just me. Yeah, I'm going to do it through people. I'm going to do it through people. And you know what? I'll do it with the best people I can find, even if they're the worst people <laughs> yeah, I can that's find. Right. Well, <laughs> uh, well, and, and this is this is the interesting thing about this book is is that as we meet these people, yeah. um, people like Jeff Tar and Samson, yeah. you're thinking, and, and this is I think this is I think uh, quite intentional in the book. Yes. Okay, this is the leader. The leader is meant to be sort of the best guy that you can find. Yeah. Is the is this the best guy? Is this the best person yeah. that God can find? Because, you know- uh, They're not so good. Because they're not so good. <laughs> so, that actually uh, is a real indictment on the state Big of the people as a whole. Big time. So, their leaders, you know, if this guy is being chosen as the leader, yeah. then man, these people must be in a really bad way. And of course, that's part of the message. And if you pay attention, and one of the, one of the as you mentioned before, Matt, it, we're not really meant you know, to speak to this- I don't think the book of Judges, and I've heard different, you know, scholars or preachers or anything talk about this. Some people treat it like this is a chronological history timeline, mm -hmm. but a lot of scholars will go, actually, you know, a lot of these, you know, yep. the different judges we meet are from different tribes. Yeah. They're scattered around. Yep. They could be overlapping in timelines. Yep. They could be even backwards. Yeah. But there's a narrative purpose in the book yeah, of Judges right. where the judges are gradually getting Worse. That's right. And worse. <laughs> That's right. And worse. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, the most well-known uh, figure in the book of Judges would be Samson, I think, yeah. probably Gideon and, and then Samson. Uh, I mean, Samson is an, uh, uh, you know, he he's leaves a, a lot to be desired. He's, he's an absolute fool. Yeah. You know, he he, he does, the, the amount of things that he does against, you know, against the law of God that the, you know, it, it's the character, you know, I mean, he breaks his vows. He, mm. uh, he, he marries a foreign woman. He it just, he's has flights of passion. He, the, the guy, you know, you would think is a lost cause, but you know what? God says, "All right, I'll use this one." Yeah, and He does, and He does, and and and, and <laughs> that's that's about you know the you, faith yep. and grace and and the side there. Now, so you're 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 right. Uh, I think that's a good point though that you make that the book. Uh, it's not necessarily ordered chronologically. That yeah. is the pattern. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, right at the end of the book, in those last few chapters, uh, we we get you 
you just got to read it to believe how yeah. shocking this story actually yes. is. These stories actually are. Yeah. Th- they, those stories may have happened earlier on, yeah. um, but it, the but book the- wants to culminate in that to show this is how bad things yes. got. So, so, and you mentioned there the end of the book, and we'll get more into it you know, on, on, the, yeah. on the next episode in a fortnight's time. Yeah. But right at the end of the book, and, and mentioned throughout the book, but in the last chapters, there's a theme. Yeah. That is the theme throughout the whole, yeah. you know, the whole book. The last verse yeah. in the book of Judges, Judges 21, 25, yeah. in those days, yeah. Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their yeah. own eyes. Yeah, that's right. That's the theme of the book of yeah, Judges. Yeah, and it says, it actually, in those days, Israel had no king. And it's, it, it makes that statement, I think, at least a couple of times. Yeah. And then a couple of times... Uh, in those days, Israel had no king. So, uh, I mean, some people have read this as, uh, you know, indicating that the book of Judges is really just an apologetic for the monarchy later on. Yeah. Uh, I think that's too minimalist. I think that's um, that's part of it. Yes. Because there was that was always part of God's plan, right? It was yeah. always part of God's plan for Israel to have a king. And we know that's particularly important because the king is the Lord's anointed and, and uh, God establishes a dynasty with David that it's going to lead to Christ, right? Yeah. So, the kingship is very important. Yeah. Um, and so, this is kind of showing why we need why we need our king. And, and from a New Testament perspective, it's not just an apologetic for a political monarchy in ancient no, Israel. No. It's, it's basically the rationale. It's showing something about human nature, human nature Amen. to show this is actually why we need the ultimate king who is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It really points to yep. Jesus in such a powerful way. One last thing before we get into, you know, having a look at the overview of the book, Matt. The other big, the other big important, I wouldn't say theme, but I love the fact that the opening of the book, you know, the people who are putting this together and the Lord putting this book together, in chapter two, he takes a moment to say, okay, stop. I'm going to tell you the pattern of the entire book here now, just so you're all aware, because you've got to be reading this book. This book is confusing. You're going to read this book and go, what is going on? Lord, what are you doing? But he takes a moment in chapter two and basically says, now, this is the theme yeah, of the book. Yeah, that's right. The well, let's let, let's let's just look at uh, we'll look at chapter one and yes. we'll look at chapter two and, and we we'll, we might today I think look at the at least the first few yes. judges. Yes. And uh, and that'll I think give us a sense uh, of this pattern. Now, chapter one is important because chapter one uh, is basically illustrating how how they got to the. Uh, to where things get to by the end of the book. Now, yes. even though we're, we're not talking chronologically, yes. but how did things get that bad? Right by the time you get to the end of the book, you've got the most Israel in the most terrible, terrible state. Yeah. What chapter one shows is that this began actually with small compromises, mm-hmm. with, with maybe excusable compromises. It wasn't them doing bad things. Yep. It was them failing to do the good things that they should have, they they should have done. They might have did it 92% or <laughs> yeah. 80% well, you know, obedience. Well, in, in, they actually did. Yeah. In, um, well, I'm not sure about the percentage, yeah. but um, the, the first chapter uh, talks about, okay, they went up, uh, it says they 
Uh, in fact, verse two. Uh, I'll, I'll just read the f- first couple of verses actually yeah. from Joshua, cha- uh, from Judges chapter one. Yes. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, "Who of us is to go up uh, first to fight the Canaanites?" The Lord answered, "Judah shall go up. Uh, I've given the land into their hands." So that verse is important because uh, again, God is saying, "I've given you the land." Right now, that's the theme I've of given the- it to you, but you need to actually take it. You need to go and take it. And that's the theme of the book of Joshua. That's the theme of the book of Joshua. Now, right what there, actually happens, right um, that happens very tangibly uh, in the book of Joshua, because from a military point of view, the the overall strength of the alliances in the book it, it, amongst the kings of the Canaanites is broken, right? Mm. So, they've, they've basically, they've had their, perhaps you could say their D-Day, even better than D-Day, actually, that they've really broken- Yeah. Um, they've broken the main military back of the Canaanites. Yes. Okay, so two massive alliances, uh, they completely destroy, right? Yeah. So, now the people groups uh, withdraw to the, you know- To, to their the hills, tribes. Yeah, to their tribes, and they're often, uh, you know, up in the hills. And and so, what what this is saying here is, okay, Joshua, before he goes, okay, we've, we've done the majority here. Um, now, it's for you, and this is what you get in, in the sort of- um, middle around the middle chapters of Joshua when it's talking uh, about the allotments of the land. Joshua's saying, "Hey, we've done the lion's share. We've broken the back with it. The enemy's teeth have been now. Go and finish it off. Go and finish it off. Yeah, uh, and take the land. And what Josh, what Judges one shows is this steady compromise. So uh, Judah does okay, but then as as we go down, yeah." Uh, you know, it, verse 19, the Lord was with the men in Ju- of men of Judah. They took possession uh, of the hill. So, the Judah actually does okay, which is why I think God starts with them. Yes. Um, but it says the Benjamites, the Benjaminites, however, did not drive out the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. Uh, uh, to this day, the, Be- the Je- Jebusites live there with the Be- Benjamites. Again, interesting comment, interesting uh, to think about maybe when that was, but anyway. Yes. Um, and then it, you know, goes and says, but verse 27, but Manasseh did not drive out the people of Beth Shana, Tanakh or Dor. Uh, verse 28, when Israel became strong, they pressed the Canaanites into forced labor, but never drove them out completely. Nor did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites living in Giza. Verse 30, yep. neither did Zebulon <laughs> drive out the Canaanites living. And verse 31, nor did Asher drive out those living in Akko or Sidon. Uh, you know, verse 32, they did not drive them out. Verse 33, neither did Naphtali drive out those living in Beth Shemeth or Beth Anath. Verse 34, the Amorites confined the Danites to the hill country, not allowing them to come down to the plain. Yeah. So, you know, uh, by the time we get to the Danites, uh, who are, are probably, you know, in the worst situation, it's just like compromise, compromise, yeah. compromise. Now, you could, the sort of epitaph that you could put over this section is they could have, but they didn't. Yeah. Uh, they could have because God gave it to them, but they just didn't. Yeah. Uh, and it's this compromise, them allowing these people, because look, contemporary audience, you know, uh, uh, contemporary readers will say, hang on, that's a bit, you know, let them stay, for goodness sake. What's the harm, God? What's the big deal? Let them stay. Well, 
as we read Deuteronomy, uh, Moses, God through Moses says, if you let them stay, they will certainly be snares. They will, not only will they draw you into the worship of their gods, not only will they do for certain, that's yes. what they'll do if you let them stay, yeah. but, but then they will also oppress you. Mm. And what the book of Judges shows is that is exactly what yes. happens. Yeah, so, so they don't drive them out. The book of Judges is the sort of apologetic, the vindication, I should say. Of Moses's. Of Moses' edict. Moses, we find, yes. you know, we may find really harsh, but this is, apart from, you know, we've talked about the important uh, prefigurative element of that. And, yes. But it was, as well as that very important uh, um, uh, aspect. aspect of this, yeah. uh, this is the ultimate preemptive strike yeah. by God who knows what's going to happen yeah. and told them they've all got to go or else- compromise- leads to this. So so it's almost like, you know, in the book of back in the book of Deuteronomy when Moses, you know, the amazing prophet of God told them what was going to happen, what would happen, the judges judges yep. is a culmination of exactly that. So we ha- we almost have these two prologues in the book of Judges. Chapter 1 gives us a overview of that with the yeah, with, the, with, right, with yeah. the people. And then we get this, you know, crazy chapter 2 that sort of outlays the whole thing and it starts off with the Lord's messenger coming to Coming to the people saying- Yeah, what's interesting, it doesn't say who. Yeah. Uh, it's, there's no name mentioned there, which is interesting because normally there would be uh, a nominated person to receive this revelation, but yeah. you don't get that. Yeah, it just says, or at least in the, my translation here, the angel of the Lord went up, you know, from yeah. Gilgal, Gilgal and said yeah. to the Israelites, you know, yeah. and it basically gives you exactly what Moses had predicted, what we've just read in yeah. chapter one. At the, at the, in, the, in verse 3, the angel of the Lord says, So now I declare that I will no longer drive out of the people yeah. living from your land. They will be thorns in your sides, and their gods will be a constant temptation yeah. to you. Yeah, that's right. And the people who heard that wept bitterly. Yep. They they received it as the judgment it was meant to. Um, and, uh, and then eventually we see the rest of chapter two outlays the yeah. cycle. That's right. Of, and I of think the, the cycle- uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's basically telling us what we're about to read yes. in the book of Judges in more, uh, it's a very interesting structure, this book, actually. So, uh, I might just read this, I think, because yes. it's indicative of the rest of the book. I think it's worth having a look. So, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to read from verse 10. Okay. Uh, it talks about Joshua. The people served the Lord during Joshua's time, but when Joshua died, uh, they... Uh, you know, there, there wasn't another godly leader. And remember, part of this, again, is pointing to the need for a godly king yes. and so forth. Yes. Okay, verse 10. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Now, from a, um, in the light of Deuteronomy, uh, teach your children, teach them, teach them, write it on the, discuss it yeah. when you're at the table, write it on the doors, wear it on your heads, yeah. talk about it when you're sitting around the table. They're being held responsible uh, for that implicitly uh, here. So, after that, so uh, this generation grows up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel, despite the piles of stones that they yes. put up and the all the different commemorative festivals that have been instituted. And, yeah. and they're like, oh, who, who, who's the Lord? What, yeah. what, what, what did he done? Okay, so verse 11, then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the, they forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors who brought them up out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They aroused the Lord's anger because they forsook him, forsook him and served Baal and the Ashtoreths. Verse 14, in his anger against Israel, the Lord gave them them into the hands 
of raiders who plundered them. You know, think about uh, uh, the New Testament equivalent of that is Romans chapter one. Yes. So God gave them over. Yep. Um, uh, he sold them into the hands of their enemies all around uh, whom they were no longer able to resist. Interesting comment that they were no longer able to resist them. So it's like uh, Jesus' statement to those who have, more will be given, but those who don't have, even what they have will be taken away. Yes. Uh, you know, if, if you don't have a willingness to obey, I'm going to take away whatever strength you do have and yep. just give you over wholesale uh, to disobedience to link that up with Paul's statement. Yeah. So verse 15, whenever Israel went out to fight, the hand of the Lord was against them to defeat them. Just just as he had sworn to them, they were in great distress. Then, verse 16, this then is, the Lord raised the up judges, yeah. uh, from which we get the, uh, the the title of the book. Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but prostituted themselves to other gods and worshipped them. They quickly turned from the ways of their ancestors uh, who had been obedient to the Lord's commands. When the Lord raised up a judge for them, he was with the judge, saved them out of the hands of their enemies as long as the judge lived. For the Lord relented because of their groaning under those who oppressed and afflicted them. But when the judge died, the people returned to ways even more corrupt yeah. than those of their ancestors. And that's the structure of the book. It gets worse and worse. Yes. Following other gods and serving and worshipping them, they refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. That's the cycle of the book. Right there. That's, uh, and that's, that will help us understand what we're going to go into now because we're going to go into some crazy stories. Yeah. Some, we're going to meet some really interesting individuals and the whole time we need to have this cycle going in the back yeah. of the mind. What part of the cycle are they in? This is what's happening. That's right. Yeah, that's and, right. And what it what it highlights is on the one hand, the, the weakness, uh, the unfaithfulness mm. of people compared with the faithfulness of God because no matter how many times – they, after being oppressed, exactly yeah. what God said would happen to them, they cry out to the Lord, yeah. then the Lord comes and saves them. Yeah. Every single time they yeah. cry out to the Lord. Uh, maybe not straight away, might leave them there for, you know, but he, uh, he, he comes and he saves them yeah. every single time. And he saves them through a judge. That's right. Through, yeah. through, a, human, yeah. through a human agent. Yeah. Now, one quick point before we head into the break, Matt, I want to I make, make a point here. At the beginning of this book, before we start going and meeting some of these judges, us enlightened, oh so educated individuals <laughs> in the year, you know, yep, 2021 yep. and onwards as we as as people listen to this. We have the tendency to sit there in our, you know, high towers and yep. read these books and say, Oh, oh, look at these primitive warlike people with their, you know, yep. hearts away from God. How could they be so silly? Oh Lord, yep. thank you that I'm not like these people and that I do not fond, you know, fault it. I am, you know, living in, you know, living in this enlightened age and yeah. yada yada yada. I don't think that's the attitude we're meant to have when reading this book. No, um, we're, 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 we're this is, you know, this book. I think, as I said, I mean, what this book highlights is something about the weakness of human nature. And, and after the break, actually, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about. Uh, idolatry, what they were facing and why it was so tempting for them. Because uh, there is a tendency for us to look and look at these people and say, they're just, what a bunch of idiots. Yeah. How could they keep doing that? Uh, as as if we wouldn't. Yes. Now, and is this, not we do that, that all the time. Yeah. I mean, it, that, 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 is such a, that is such a human characteristic. I mean, we look back at ages past, you know, I mean, I just get so tired of, you know, how could those people living in, in World War II go with that? It's like, so you wouldn't have if you were there. How could, I mean, you know, yeah. uh, how could, 
how could those people get drawn into this movement or that movement in the middle? I mean, we're assuming that if we were there, yeah. we wouldn't have. Where, whereas, even if we look at what's We love judging the peoples of the past uh, aloof and saying, oh, if I was there, yeah, exactly. I would not have done that. Yeah. And I think the point, of the, a point of the Book of Judges, at least for me, has been to see myself in these people yeah. and to ask God, what part of the cycle am I in yeah. right now? Good question. In yeah. my heart- because, I, and again, I'm being very, you know, personalised yeah. here. But also, I think there's part of looking at in culture as well yeah. in the history. Because if we look at history yeah. over the thousands of years from this, this is a great cycle of history as well. Yeah, that's you know, right. that people yeah. prosper. There's good times. People get yeah. their guard down. Well, it leads it's to a, bad times. Yeah, we see that even in church history as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So there, there we go. There's a setup of the book of Judges. Let's take a quick break right now and we'll be back to actually meet some of these crazy characters and see what it's all about here on Thrive Deeper. Family, it's your old mate DJ Payne here, and thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. I want to give a big special shout out to everybody that's been in touch with us and let us know how much the podcast means to them. It goes a long way. Your little comment might just take you two minutes to do. Trust me, it is a refreshing tonic drink to Matthew and I to hear what God is doing in your life through these episodes that we do. Now, you can do all of that at thrivetoday.tv. Now, while you're there, while you're there, pay special attention. Right at the top of the website, it has a listener's special offer. That is you. You are our listener and we have a special offer just for you. If you click on that, you will see a video series that Matthew has done around his book, Deeper Places. It's an amazing spiritual journey through the book of Psalms. You want to feel closer to God. You want to be more in touch with what God is doing in your life and how He wants to draw you in? This is a great place to start as Matthew takes us in an amazing video series, seven videos taking us through his book, Deeper Places. I might be biased, but I think it's a really great series and I know God can use it in your life to help you in your Christian walk. So if you want to take hold of this, we've got an amazing offer. It is now 50% off half Price. Usually in Australia, it's $20 to get all seven videos. Now, it is only $10. You might be thinking, oh, I don't know if I've got the time. Trust me. You watch the first one, Matthew will hook you right in, and you can use it as a personal study or even in a small group, whether that's with your family or with people who are close to you, you can use it right now. All you need to do is go over to thrivetoday.tv, click on the link and use our special coupon code THRIVE. It's pretty easy. You can't miss that one. THRIVE. Use that in the coupon code and it'll take 50% off the price just for you. Wherever you are in the world, you can use it over at thrivetoday.tv. All right, that is enough from me. Let's get back into this crazy book of judges here on this episode of Thrive Deeper. 
DJ and with me as always is Matt Jacoby and you are on Thrive Deeper. This is part one of a two-part series we're doing on the book of Judges here on Thrive Deeper. And uh, we've just set up the, uh, you know, the book and, you know, the, the, the cycle, the themes, everything there, the historical period and why it's so important. Matt, before we get into... You know, what's the big deal with idolatry mm. in the book of Judges? I wanted to do something and just fly through, because this might be the only time we mention all of the names here. There's roughly about 15 judges yeah. in the in the book of Judges. So I wanted to fly through, you know, give them a bit of a shout out. If you've got any quick comments for any of the smaller ones, yeah. feel mm-hmm. free to sing out. Uh, we start, and again, the important thing is it's not chronological. And it's not they're not sequential. One didn't take over yes, from the other. exactly. Ha- in fact, if you map them out, yeah. they're equally spread all over the, the all over Canaan. Now, I haven't had time to actually research this myself, yeah. but some I've seen one scholar say that there are, you know, people count the judges in different ways. Some people count 12 judges from 12 different tribes. I haven't. Okay, I'm not sure if it's that neat. Yeah, no, I don't know if it's yeah. that neat. I don't know if it is, but but the point is they're spread out over the whole land, and it's all very tribal in what's happening there. Yeah. So we start off with Othniel, who was the first judge of Israel. He ruled for forty years. We see that right at the beginning there, and then we have Ehud. Ehud was the second judge. He was the great left-handed man from the tribe yeah. of Benjamin. We might touch on him a little bit later yeah. on. Shamgar was the third judge of Israel. Uh, but the book of Judges doesn't state how long he ruled. Yeah. Well, he gets one line, I think. I, I know. <laughs> he gets one verse, I think. Then we have Deborah, uh, the judge, who's the fourth judge uh, you know, of, of Israel here. Um, she was also a prophet and the wife of Lapidoth, I think his name is. Uh, we see her her story in Judges 4 and 5. Then we get Gideon, the son of Joash the Abazite in the town of Ophrah. Uh, we have a, we're going to get into his story a little bit later on. From there, we get, uh, and this is where some people will argue, hang on, this guy's not really a judge, but this is the only judge in, in, in the book, if we count him as a judge, who isn't, who isn't God-ordained. This is Abimelech, who is the son of Gideon. Mm. Uh, he becomes a judge of Israel, but not by God's will. Mm. So he he uh, he rules in a, in a horrible way in part of that story. Then we have Tola, the seventh judge. Judge uh, Jair, the eighth judge. He he lasted for twenty two years. Uh, Jephthah, the ninth judge of Israel. Um, he, uh, he his story covers a couple of chapters and is a really interesting story. Ibzan, the tenth judge. Uh, Elon, uh, Elon, the uh, Zabulonite. Uh, the 11th judge of Israel, he lasted for 10 years. Abdon. Then we have Samson, the 13th judge. He lasted for 20 years. Eli, the high priest. He lasted for 40 years. And then we have the final judge, the mm. prophet Z- Samuel. Yeah. So, who, of course, Eli and Samuel, we meet them in the books in the book of Samuel. Yeah. Yeah. But, right, they, yeah. but they are- you know, they're the last two judges. They're the last right. two. Yeah. The last two judges of Israel. So we have these fifteen characters. Mm. Now the other thing I was going to read out is the cast of enemies that we see. The people like the Canaanites and the you know yeah. all that, you know the. Yeah, I would say Eli. Oh, would we call him a judge though? I think uh, I th- he was the high priest. I'm not sure. Uh, it, c- certainly Samuel was was. Uh, is is generally considered to be the last judge. One one of the Whether one of the lines one of the it? lines I think in early Samuel uh, is that um, Eli ruled over Israel for forty years. Yeah, it right uses okay. the same language as the yeah, Book right of Judges, okay. so that's right. why some people. Right, I'll give that to and you. And again, 
the number isn't important. Yeah, yeah, like it yeah, doesn't, right. like it doesn't yeah. matter whether we call him a judge yeah. or not. Now, there's basically, out of all of that cast of characters, there are six major judges that I think it's worth, that the, that the book of judges gives more time to, and I yeah. think is worth uh, having a look at as, as we go into a little bit deeper. But the theme for all of these six major judges that we come to, uh, Othniel, Ehud, Deborah, Gideon, um, uh, Jephthah, Samson, these people as we go into it. Um, one of the major themes is idolatry. And it's and it's the, the fact that the Israelite people will not stop going after other gods mm. other than the one that they know is the one that brought them into the land, the true yeah. God. And there's records of it around. There's altars. There are the books that are flying around. They have a sort of distance memory, and then there's some wandering priests yep. wandering around of this yep. of this god. But despite all of that, they keep adding to that god the gods of the people around them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and we'll talk about we'll talk a little later about how that uh, how that unfolds because I think that's interesting. Yeah, and that's where I think that's where we can learn a bit from from that, and and perhaps not distance ourselves from this. Um, uh, so just I'm going to just start at the beginning and, yeah. and we'll we'll you know work with the first few and then uh, we'll cover the uh, the rest and the last chapters mm. uh, next week. Um, Othniel about Othniel you get this uh, you get this statement in uh, three verse ten. Uh, the spirit of the Lord came on him and he became Israel's judge and went to war. It's significant that that's there and the first judge. Now we yeah. don't explicitly have that set of all the judges. Yes, but there, there is this set. You know, I mean, God is at work here raising up judges. Judges, you know, God's action of raising up these fairly imperfect uh, yeah. people. And uh, it doesn't use exactly the same phrase either. The spirit of the Lord came upon him. Uh, was it Gideon who it says, and the, and the spirit of the Lord clothed him, which is a beautiful turn mm. of phrase. And, you know, we have this idea of the spirit of God coming and going mm. from these judges to yeah. empower them to do what God God. Yeah, that's wants, right. Yeah. Know, so, so they're, yeah, the God is using these, uh, using these people. Interesting when we get to David. This is where you get this, you get a contrast because in the case of the judges, actually, and this is true right up to Saul, actually, King Saul. Yeah. Because of King Saul, uh, it says, and the spirit of the Lord came upon him yeah. and he, deliver, he delivered Israel, I think it was from the Ammonites. Yes. Uh, so, he has the same experience. The Holy Spirit comes upon him and there's a little bit about that. We get a bit more detail in Saul's case. Yes. But it's, uh, it's temporary. Yes. What we get with David is something new. And this is, I think, the point, yeah. particularly David as this prefigurative sort of messianic figure. Um, it says the spirit of the Lord came upon him and did not depart. Yeah. Uh, so uh, That's very different. Yeah, that's right. And so, that so I think that, that, this, that there's, a, there's a pattern set up here that uh, is, is going to um, sort of set up for what happens with David. Now, then we get, so Ehud, um, it's interesting with a lot of these guys that they are, in various ways, they're described, uh, you know, as having uh, various faults. Ehud is a left-handed man. Being left-handed in the ancient world was kind of seen as like a disability. I, yes. I know, uh, you know. Uh, we're very progressive yeah, these yeah, days. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're, uh, yeah. If you're left-handed, uh, you know, of course, it's it's no disability. Yeah. But, but that's just the way that it was seen um, in the ancient well, world. We've got to remember that the word sinister comes from the idea of being le left-handed. 
Right. Is yeah. it okay? Yeah. So yeah. that the idea like and that really sounds foreign to us. Yeah. Like yeah. what and, and in every depiction of the devil in ancient art, he's left-handed and God is yeah. right-handed. Yeah. Yeah. So this idea of a left-handed hero is quite unusual. And of yeah. course, one part of it is God saying, I don't really care if you're left-handed or not. I mean, yeah, that doesn't right. really mean anything. Yeah. But we have this crazy story of Ehud. And and the other pattern that we should mention is a lot of these leaders. We're thinking we we can't get past the word in our modern mind of a judge. A lot of these guys are what we could say as military leaders or revolutionaries or yeah, they're you know they're warlords really yeah yeah, yeah warlords. Yeah. Um, some of them are almost like mafia kings type. Yeah, of they, yeah, they yeah. read like that. But so we have these basically amazing warriors that God is going to use. Yeah. In a very bloody and gruesome way, often, you know, fighting against the enemies. And yeah, so the, the story of Ehud is really an assassination. It's yeah. not, uh, there's not a, 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 a war here so much. Um, uh, well, there is at the end, but yes. what he does is that he uh, he assassinates Eglon, the king of Moab, who's, who's you know, this big fat man. Yeah. Uh, he manages to, he goes in with the ruse of having a message and, yeah. uh, and you know, goes to turn back and whispers to the king. And of course, he's <laughs> left-handed, so he's not expecting. He pulls out the sword and he plunges it into his belly and it goes to, gives us the detail of it sinks in, uh, his fat closes over and his bowels discharge. I mean, yeah. this is a classic. <laughs> this is the book of Judges. Yeah. This is how, how we roll yeah. in the book of Judges. Yeah. And it's, it, it, uh, it's so much so that the, the, the handle disappeared beneath the king's fat. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't get right. that thing out. And then Ehud closed, locked the doors of the room and then escaped down the latrine yeah. of the, like this, you know, the, it's like yeah. the, uh, you know, like a movie. It's like a movie here. He escapes out through the sewer pipes yeah. uh, and away he goes. And, and, and it sort of shows you that, you know, God is able to use anyone yeah. in these crazy yeah, stories right. in, in, in saving his people. He's so invested in saving his people when yeah. they're crying out to yeah, him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, Shamgar, as we said, gets one line. Yeah. Now, it's interesting, though, that uh, just this little detail that he struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad. And an ox yeah. goad is, a, is like a stick that you would prod your oxen yes. with. So, yeah. not a weapon of no. warfare. But the point here is that uh, this is this is being done in the strength of the Lord. This is God working through these people. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what that line is meant to um, is meant to denote. Then we get to Deborah. This is an interesting. This is an interesting now, story. This, this is an interesting one, and I'd love to. I'd love to make this point. And again, this is not going to be a popular point, so I'll make it. Yeah, you know, I'm happy okay, to make sure. it. You know, Matthew's right. like, thank you. Uh, we get the story of a left-handed man, like man alive. God's going to use a left-handed man. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's almost like when it comes to chapter four, yep. the book of Judges goes, don't know, Ehud, you know, hold, hold my drink over here. Yeah, yeah. God's even going to use a woman. Yeah. Well, to, to in, <laughs> in the ancient world, that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the yeah. ancient world. that. And look, this is this is- this is war and battle, and yeah. uh, and and it was a men's business, you know, in the ancient world. And so, so it, you, you're absolutely right. The fact that, and in fact, the two heroes of this story yeah. are Deborah yes. and Jael. Yeah, uh, and they're both women. And actually, that is that's an important point a massively in the story because the the men, the the leaders, uh, really are all flaking out here. Uh, and it's the women who get the job done. So, for example, so you know, Deborah is this prophetess uh, who is leading uh, Israel at the time, and uh, and God speaks to her and says, you know, go up against um, the uh, who is it that they're uh, going against? Uh, Command you ten thousand yeah. warriors. Uh, the uh, Caesarea, the the commander of Jabin's army. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
Caesarea, Caesarea, yeah, King Jabin of Canaan. Okay, so okay. he's one one of the uh, one of the uh, Canaanites who uh, who reigns in Hazor. Okay, anyway, so um, but uh, uh, but this you know hardy warrior, yeah, Barak, yeah, Barak, yeah. Says who, 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 who? Obviously, as a prophet, this is a really interesting point here, and I love. This is the mystery of the Bible, yeah. you know, especially the Old Testament. They just cross over it. They don't really go into depth of this. Yeah. Deborah, who happens to be a prophet, judging Israel, sitting under this tree, giving God. It's yeah. like, wait a minute, wait a minute. How does this work? Again? How is this working? <laughs> yeah. This thing. But it sort of shows you that it's it like uh, uh, part of this. Part of this is this isn't God's norm. This isn't God's prescription or a pattern how mm. God wants to see things. This is what's just happening. God is using, yeah. like we've said already, God will use whoever he wants. Even this woman who's, you know, not not saying that she's not doing God's will, but yeah. she's outside but of in God's the, norm. Your point, in the context of the ancient world, yeah. I, I know, yeah. you know, uh, we've got to think in that culture. We've got to read this off that yeah. culture. And... Um, and and that you know that meant so even the fact that that Barak this general when she says uh, go out get ten thousand men and and go up against this army Barak in verse eight says to her if if you go with me I will go but if you don't go with me I won't go yeah I mean you it's know crazy. okay certainly and and then and this is a very important uh, verse in verse nine she says certainly I will go with you said Deborah but because uh, because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the you know the, in in a sense it's made explicit there uh, that this is you know this is women doing what in those days was very much uh, a man's job. So anyway, uh, they they rout the army, but Sisera, the leader of the um, of the army they're going against, uh, he flees and he flees into the tent of Jael, the wife of Heba, the Kenite. Now, now she's related to Moses, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, through, sort of through, um, we're not exactly, because it's just slightly unclear exactly what, we won't go into those details, but mm. she is, she's related to Moses. Uh, this woman, Jael, uh, she takes him in. Uh, she says, come, uh, come, my Lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. Uh, and then when he goes to sleep, she drives a tent peg through his head into the ground. Welcome to the book of Judges yeah. yet again. You know, yeah. it's like the second death that's described is described uh, in, in some detail and it's absolutely macabre. Yeah. So, um, so she kills, so Jael, uh, this, uh, this woman, this faithful woman is given uh, power over this army general that all the other guys are chasing, can't catch, yeah. but she kills him. And, and here's, here's, now here's the interesting point. Right. Yeah. This is this is where I'm going to throw a weird spatter in the works. And this is the Bible yeah, yeah, nerd in me. Yeah. In Hebrews 11, in the list of the faith, yeah. the heroes of the faith, Barak is mentioned. In 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 this, right. you know, in the thing is one of the is one of the the people. Is of he faith. really? I, yeah. I, I, so let me go to it in Hebrews 11. Uh, Hebrews 11, verse 32. The writer of Hebrews says, "Hey, what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon, and Barak, and Samson, and Jephthah." He lists those people from Judges, and it's like, Barack, you're listing him. He's like this loser. <laughs> what about JL? You'd think yeah, that she would yeah, get the uh, What about Deborah? What about Deborah? Yeah. So, so and again, I, I, this is just me being a nerd. I, that's why. But you know, you know what? You know why I think that is? Yeah. And, and this is going to the text. Yes. Because uh, Deborah, I know Deborah, um, 
So, formally speaking, Deborah is the judge, but she's actually the prophet. She is playing the part of the prophet here. Yeah. So, she delivers God's word. Yes. She says, go and do this. You know, he sa- I mean, he goes, right? But he yes. says, I- but I want you to go with me. And yeah. and there's something- um, He's got faith. That, that, yeah, th- th- there's, yeah th- there's a step. It, this is not- uh, I mean, she says, well, okay, but then, you know, the credit is going to go to me rather than to you. Um but still, he's still responding to God's command to go, and yeah. so there's enough faith there for him to be, for listed. Him to be listed. Yeah, and the, and and again, this is gonna. I don't want to upset anybody here because I know for some people, Deborah is held up as, and she is. She's an she's an amazing prophet. Yeah. We see this in the next yeah. chapter. Obviously, we have a yeah. song of De- Deborah's recorded. But maybe she wasn't the Chris, you know, the sparkling character that we, you know, possibly not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, well, I mean, I, I think that well, there are no sparkling characters yes, exactly. in this book. So exactly. Um, so we don't need to assume that she was. And and so we then we go into chapter five. Now, chapter five is often called the Song of Deborah, but chapter five, verse one says, "On that day, Deborah and Barak yeah. sang." Uh, you know, so, yeah, you know, sang right. this song, yeah. so they sang together, and it's a, and it's a, you know, it's basically a wartime song. Yeah, that's right. Of celebrating of, the victory, yeah. celebrating the victory, relaying the story of death. Yeah, that's and right. Jacob, and he yeah. goes on for an entire chapter there of uh, you know talking about. Um, and it, but the beautiful thing it does in this era is it it does it, this chapter especially, and there's a little side tangent for anybody who wants to go down here. It really does show you that. The ideas that we have about women and men's roles in in ancient Jerusalem yep. are not as stereotypical as what, what, what we think. Yeah, because this song that that is recorded yep. in scripture really lists you know women as being used by God as much as men. Yeah, that's right. Let me let me point out. So we've just covered those uh, those four judges, but let me yep. point out the pattern here is that Othniel Othniel's account starts in uh, three verse seven. Yes, the, it starts with. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Yes. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asherahs. Okay, so then uh, God raises, and then they're oppressed. Yep. God raises up Othniel and they're delivered, right? Yep. Story of Ehud, beginning yep. of the story of Ehud, verse 12, uh, 3 verse 12. Again, the Israelites yep. did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Yep. And because they did this uh, evil, the Lord ga- gave Eglon, king of Moab, power over Israel. So, this theme of them being given over. Yes. Uh, and so, they're oppressed. What God? Uh, they cry out to God. Uh, God raises it's up. It's the pattern uh, we see. And then uh, we Ch- we, four, we just get a, a mention of Shamgar, but yep. we assume it's the same thing. Yep. Uh, chapter four First starts one. with the words: yep. "Again, the Israelites <laughs> did evil in the eyes of the Lord." Uh, now Ehud was dead, yep. so the Lord sold them into the hands. So that again, the God God is giving them over. They're oppressed, uh, and and you get you know, but God. Uh, delivers them uh, through Deborah. So you've got this constant, this constant process of, and but when it says by doing evil in the eyes of the Lord, what they're doing as the the explainer, and it, in in many cases it it adds this detail. But from chapter two, we know what is meant by that is that they turn to the gods of the Canaanites. Yes. Let, let's just let's spend some time uh, on that because we get to uh, chapter six, and um, and it says. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years God gave them into the hands of the Midianites, and that's where we get Gideon. Yes. Um, let me, because uh, I, w- I want to take some time actually to talk about um, this constant temptation that they were faced with. Yeah. Uh, because we look at it now, as we mentioned before, 
Yeah. When, it's foolishness. When did, you know, when did you last walk past a statue of a pagan god and feel tempted, you know, tempted to bow down and worship that thing? Yeah. I mean, for us, I think it's difficult for us to really grasp uh, what the big deal was. Okay, so let's try and get ourselves in the mindset uh, of these ancient people. I guess for some people, I have heard some people, not not to be tempted to <clears throat> worship it, but I guess the only thing that would be, for some, for some listeners listening right now, might have experienced something where they've travelled abroad mm. and they might have gone to a Chinese temple, a Japanese temple, yeah. a Buddhist temple, something like that, or a mosque yeah, yeah. Or, or something like that. My my only experience of something of of those type of things. I've been to a couple of mosques, you know, in 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 Dubai. I've been to some amazing Catholic cathedrals, you know, in in some yep. different places around the world. And you feel a sense of awe. Yep. You know, you feel a sense yep. of awe around these places. You go, wow, there's something something special here. But even in those, for me, correct me if I'm wrong here. I didn't think. Well, I'm going to now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm yeah. tossing in Christianity oh, yeah, 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 to, yeah, go, to right. go worship I mean, that. I, yeah, I've I've walked. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah, I've been into into temple areas, not the inner areas. Well, I, I mean, I have been in some uh, temples in in India, and and uh, you know, because I wanted to learn as much about yeah. you know about it as I as I could, you know, while I was there. And but at no time did I feel tempted in any way. So this, which is why we need to kind of understand the mindset here. Yes. So, so th- this th- these these are uh, people uh, I think who are. Well, for, for a start, the difference probably between us and them is that they're in a much more spiritually, what we would call a spiritually poorer state, very sensitive to uh, th- to the spiritual world, far more than than I would say the average person is. So well, what, I so, mean, so what? Do you, hang that, on, you said the word poorer, so I'm thinking they're not as well off as yeah, I am. It's it's just a it's a it's a. Um, do you mean porous or Por- uh, yeah, uh, as in porous, like a porous ro- uh, absorbent? You know they. Okay. Yeah. So and by that, I mean I guess um, uh, we we're probably uh, culturally conditioned in a slightly different way to be more skeptical and naturally. Yes. Why would I? You know, uh, it's it's what. The, the philosopher Charles Taylor refers to as a buffered, you know, that we're, we're, we're more sort of buffered, you yes. know. Uh, you know, we have to be sort of convinced before we engage, mm. you know, whereas this state of porousness, that's more like this immediate, um, this immediate intuition of the spiritual. And you see that amongst, uh, I guess, what we would describe as more primitive uh, peoples that have this much more immediate awareness of the spiritual world. Okay. Uh, and, and there's something... You know, there's something uh, about that I, that that I think is good, but that level of sensitivity uh, comes with some issues, right? Now, um, so um, we've also got to remember that the uh, the entities that we're dealing, the, you know, the gods Baal and Ashtoreths, and and these are from a um, sort of worldview perspective. Uh, while the idols themselves are just wood and stone and whatever. There are real spiritual ent- entities behind this, and, and the uh, all of the uh, warnings in the book of Deuteronomy of Moses about going into the land and not practic- practicing, you know, spiritualism and uh, and uh, you know, divining and, and all of these different practices that um, really are occult, yeah. full on occult practices. Yeah. Uh, I think show that this is you know very common for the ancient world. Um, but I think we, you know, recognizing that there's what we might refer to in, in some senses as territorial spirits. I mean, we did a, you know, we did a, 
uh, Thrive Perspectives episode yes. on the spiritual realm and and the these other Elohim that the Bible speaks about these other spiritual beings. Yeah. And, and this is what's really behind uh, these gods. And, and, we, and we see that, you know, there's there's a couple of instances in, in you know, in, in the first few books of the Bible, uh, you know, Genesis with the Tower of Baal, uh, Babel, and then yeah. also Moses talking about, you know, the division of the land in, yeah. in Deuteronomy is clearly pointing out that there are spiritual entities. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Not of God. Yeah. But they are on a, you know, who are claiming to be gods. Yeah. Working yeah, that's over, right. over yeah. this land, and, and this so, is what they're going. That's into. right. And so, I mean, Paul makes the state, you know, makes that statement in Romans chapter one, where he gives them over, yeah. you know, and God gave them over to a depraved mind, gave them over to the gods that they worshipped, and, yeah. and so anyway, so the point is, so when they're going into this land, in in their heads as ancient people, they're going into territory that's controlled by this spirit, and they're terrified, right? Yeah, they're terrified. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we might go in and 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 look. Uh, you know, if if you're if you're aware of this sort of thing, you know, you, you might have some fear if you go into area if you, if we're in a, you know situations like this. But more commonly, we're inclined to be a bit skeptical. There's no skepticism in these people no. when they go into this area. This is this is Bale's. You know, for example, this is Bale's uh, territory. Uh, they're terrified of that. The, a cultural thing, when, I, when I've taught this book in the past or, or you know, yeah. done a Bible study around this book, one, one way that I've tried to bring our modern mindset into this mindset is to say, imagine that you grew up, you know, in pick a country, you know, I don't know where, India, in the backwaters yeah, yeah. of India. And, you know, you live in, you live in the tribal areas of India. Now, not, well, I'm not talking yeah. spiritual, I'm talking culturally. Yeah. I'm talking culturally. You experience your life, you've got a caste system and something like that. And then all of a sudden you're picked up, whatever, you go to study mm. in London, England. Yeah. And then you are brought in, they say you've got, a, 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 you've got an audience somehow before the Queen. Yeah. And there's Queen crowns everywhere you go, on the gates, yeah. on the doors, everywhere. Mm. There's crown, crown, her pictures everywhere. Yeah. Lineage of the yeah. of the crown everywhere. You're going into a foreign territory that is controlled by this monarch yeah. that is everywhere. Now you might not be terrified, but you might go, man. I need to start adopting some of their culture. You know, I need to yeah, start yeah. adopting some of their way of thing because I'm operating in this system. Yeah, that's right. So that's so, so that fear of this is a territory controlled by Baal. Um, and and remember, you know the the way that they see it is that. Every part of life is everything is spiritual, right? So whether whether I have crops, whether my children are going to live to adulthood, whether I'm even going to be able to have children, yes. whether the river is going to keep flowing, whether the rain is going to come down, yeah. everything yeah. is controlled by the gods, right? So if I don't, if if I don't get, uh, you know, just uh, get on the right side of the local gods, mm. uh, nothing is going to work out for me. Yeah. So so the temptation. There is, and also, you know, um, and and also the cults were, were very kind of um, often involved for uh, sexuality. Uh, sexuality. So that was again uh, a temptation. That was a massive temptation. They were to be drawn into those cults through uh, that kind of sexual doorway. Um, the other thing is, um, is that. For ancient people, remember the Israelites as ancient people. There's still the the idea in the ancient world of a transcendent of one transcendent God that that has no image associated with him. Yeah, that is very difficult 
for an ancient person to 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 work with. Yeah. This is this is why they were so tempted, you know, when when Aaron made that go- because the people said we need something, yeah. give us something tangible here. We're terrified. We're terrified. Yeah. So he gives them the calf, and and you know, and the that was meant to represent. Here are your. Here is the God. Yeah. Who oh, let us okay, out. I'll give them a representation. Yeah. Uh, you know, an engrave some kind of image uh, for them, something tangible. But um, you know, and 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 God. Uh, forbade that because God is a transcendent God and he will not be reduced to a territorial God or or to anything that um, uh, is, is an image of yeah, any yeah, living thing. That's right. Or even anything that's on a on a equal footing to, yes. you know, it's just, oh yeah, he's just an alternate God. Well, there's Baal and there's Ashtoreth and there's Yahweh. He's no. not willing to be put no. on the same level uh, as them. And so, he's not a fine, he's not a finite God. He's not just one God who, who's part of the ancient pantheon, who's just has battles with the other gods. No. That's not, that's not, he is the trans, he is the one true ultimate transcendent God. Yeah. Now, that the you know, this is, this has been, I guess the revelation of this for the Israelites, even though it goes back, you know, ancient, they're, they're, they're in a world where this is, where we need something more tangible, more sort of tangible. Now, add to that the fact, if we ascribe, you know, a degree of reality, as we've said to these um, false gods, yes, there's a level of, because they're more imminent, um, I mean, God was present with his people, but um, there's a level of imminence to these gods. You can bargain with these gods. Like, yeah. this is what was attractive about this. I can, uh, you know, um, I can do a bargain with Baal and that'll assure me that that, that my crops are going to grow. But with God, you don't bargain with God. It's I mean, all or nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's all or nothing. That's right. And so, the, the, the other factor the here to- appeal. Re- yeah, the other factor, well, yeah. And again, when we say we bargain, a lot of times it was, you know, there was gifts and there were sacrifices. The ultimate one and a very common one was sacrificing your own children. Yeah, that's right. To, to these gods. So, it was, it was a dark, dark- And, and you might- might wonder, like you might wonder, well, like why would they go to that length? Yeah. Be- because it was, you know, it, it, they that's how afraid they were. That's how that's they needed this assurance. Yeah. And so, you know, if the greatest sacrifice that I can offer to the local territorial gods is to give one of my children to allow the other. 13 or 14, yes. because remember having like, you know, I'm going to give families. one and, st- and that will allow the other, the rest to survive. Yep. Then, hey, that's, you know, that's, I'm willing to pay that price. Exactly. That's exactly. the, that's, you know, that's the kind of mindset that they're in because they really believe, uh, well, yes, okay, yes, we've, we've heard about this Yahweh, but man, uh, I can't see, you know, it doesn't seem very imminent. These well, other gods seem way more imminent. And the, so. other, the other factor on, on top of that, if you're a young person coming up in a new generation, yeah, you've heard these stories about some Yahweh God yeah. that brought your ancestors into this land. Yeah. But right now I'm being oppressed by these Canaanites yeah. who have this God over here. They're winning. Yeah. They're winning at yeah. the moment. So, you know what? I'm just going to go with the flow. Yeah, that's right. If you and, and look, if you, you know, and the fact is that you're surrounded by, I mean, you, you can't see Yahweh, the God of Israel, but, you know, I've got these, there's all these images of these gods. And yeah. and so, um, so that's, you know, that's the problem here. There is this magnetism um, that the culture really has for these people. It's drawing them in because how can I not? How can I not follow suit here? Uh, I'm terrified not to. Yeah. Um, 
there also, there would have been cultural pressure to go along with it. And so, at first, actually, what would have happened, um, and I say cultural pressure because uh, if it was going to rain on everyone, then everyone had to offer the sacrifice to bow. It wasn't enough just for one person. So, anyway, um, but w- so what invariably would have happened is that they would have said, yes, yes, we worship Yahweh, but you know what? We're just going to cover all bases here. Yeah. We'll offer sacrifices to the Baals and the Ashtoreths, cover that base, keep them happy, keep Yahweh happy, offer, go down to Shiloh. Uh, it doesn't It doesn't actually say what was happening there, but if they did that, well, yep. okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do that too. Yes. Um, and then you get this drift where actually it, the, uh, you know, the, the pagan practices starting, start taking over. Now- We've said all of that to give our give our modern minds a little bit of an insight as what's going on with this three thousand year old ancient mind, yeah. you know, of humans. And we like to say that we're so far removed. Yeah, I'm serving you up a softball here, Matt. Yeah, we're meant to. I believe we're meant to be reading this mm. not as going. Oh, now I understand the ancient mind. Yeah, this is telling us about ourselves and our modern mind with the culture that we live. Yeah, in. that's right. So, what's the application for us? Well. This is where we need to think about, so move away from, oh, well, we don't bow down to engraven statues, so so therefore this doesn't apply to us. No, no, uh, it does because cultural pressures have always been there, yeah. always. Uh, powerful cultural pressures. And sometimes they're so close and so imminent and they can seem so normal and so justifiable yeah. that we don't even notice them. Yeah. Uh, now- um, they, you know, the, the, these pagan practices, well, I'll just carry this amulet. I mean, b- going back to then, you yeah. know, I'll just, uh, look, I'll, I'll just go through this. Um, you can't do any harm. I still worship Yahweh, but I'll do this as well. Um, they, it, you know, it, it was just this drift. And, uh, and I think, uh, we, we, you know, we live in a culture now where the tools of that cultural magnetism are very, very powerful, very powerful tools. Uh, I mean, and, if- and, and are invisible. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. invisible a lot to us because we've just been saturated in the culture around us. Yeah. And we don't understand that we are so far away yeah. from what, what God has That's called right. us. I mean, cultural, you know, cultural mindsets, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, and, and, and we could, I mean, this is, you could, we could do a whole, uh, a whole, a series of episodes just on the various currents. In fact, I'm planning a, uh, a, a a sermon series just based on currents, sort of based off the Book of Judges, but yeah. talking about what are the currents that we uh, that that we face now. But the the you know the ways of thinking and the mindsets. I mean, Paul says you know do not about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, yeah. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, you know, I think. Uh, we're just going to think of the cultural forms, the way that we can get ways that we can get indoctrinated and uh, uh, the ways that we can get drawn into these things. Th- you know, I think you need to think about what makes you afraid, be, you know, when we're, when Great we're, um, when we feel insecure or afraid, be very careful about the decisions that you make out of fear and, and a sense of insecurity. Oh, that's a great because, point. Uh, because those are t- two of the main Im- emotions that lead Israel into comp- into this compromise with yeah. idols yeah. Uh, because they just feel so afraid. Um, 
uh, their security is shaken. And so, oh, I'll just, I'll just do this. Yes, yes, I trust God, but you know what? I'm just going to do this as well. Now, I'm, I mean, I hesitate, um, I hesitate to uh, apply this because sometimes they can be justifiable things, but the way that we, you know, the way that we, I mean, the way that we depend on our bank account or uh, our image or um, the way that we, the things that we do to fit into society, um, uh, mindsets around, you know, our sense of um, individualism and entitlement, almost this, um, uh, this pursuit of, uh, of image, Maybe not an engraven image of a god, but you know, creating an image of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and 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 this is you know this gets sold to us through, you know, powerfully through the media. I I, I think you are you honestly, and I know I go on about this, but if if we're binge watching TV and movies and. I, 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 you know, I, I love the art of movie make. I love a good movie. I've, you know, um, uh, but we've really got to be careful about our intake, our media intake, you know, be careful of the, you know, you might be able to justify it, but, uh, I think it can cause, um, you know, I've talked a little bit before about this, about like narrative dysphoria, where we get so invested in this story, this fictitious story, that we actually get drawn out of the real story of what's really happening. I mean, there's a real, real critical thing going on. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, we're, we're so busy being drawn into lots of other stories and being emotionally invested in these other stories. And you might say, oh, it doesn't affect you know, that, me that much, but th- that actually is a problem that it's not yeah. because our hearts are made to be sensitive, very sensitive to that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, when people suffer and injustice and things that are portrayed fictitiously in this, you know, it just desensitizes us to something that we should be sensitive to, and that's and and to bring it back, Matt, to let to let us wrap it, wrap up this episode. That's why we've got the Book of Judges, things like the Book of Judges, yeah, to to, right. to hopefully, hopefully, in 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 the shocking values in this book. Yeah, I'm hoping that this is a narrative that will shock us awake. Yeah, about the depths of our where our heart will go. Yeah, and we liked. And I'm going to be really brutally honest here. Some of us will go, I can't believe this is in the Word of God. There's stories of a woman driving a tent pole, yeah. you know, tent, yeah, tent peg through the woman's head, and there's, there's, the there's head, this, yeah. and there's rape, and there's sex, and there's violence, and there's death, and there's cheating, and women, and it's all in the Book of Judges. It's awful. And then I go, hmm, okay, that's pretty awful for you. Didn't you just tell me about how you just finished binge-watching <laughs> The Bachelorette? What does that? And again, I'm being really. I'm, I'm going to step over the line here and be judgmental because I'm like, what do you think the values are? Oh no, that's different. That's entertainment. Mm. This is the word of God, and I'm like, wow. Okay, we need to be woken up here a little bit to understand that this this story yeah. to 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 bring it back to what you said about yeah. narrative. This is part of our story. The book of Judges is our yeah, story. Right. Yeah. We're we're part of this, yeah. and I I I. I know that this is, has brought it out of me huge awakenings to say, who am I listening to? What culture am I a part mm. of? And that's that's. I don't want to be judgmental on anybody, yeah. but that's me. And I'm hoping I'm hoping as we go through the book of Judges together, we can wake up to that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I mean, I, I know that can sound sometimes uh, my um, 
you know, when, when we talk about stuff like this, it can sound a bit puritanical and, and oh, well, what, are you, what am I supposed to not just not ever watch television or yeah. no, no, we just, just be mindful of, of your diet. If I ate lollies, yes. you know, sugary lollies for breakfast, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah. in, in, in the, in the <laughs> proportion that we watch, you know, media and the, the mind is a much more delicate thing even, oh. uh, that, you know, than the body. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I'm talking about the soul in, yes. in that, in that sense. So, you know, uh, We've got to be very mindful of the fact that there is very strong spiritual currents yeah. that we can get drawn into, and if we raise a sail to the wrong kind of wind, we're going to get drawn up. We, you know, and and if and and you might say, well, I'm not being, you know, I can I can confront myself with all of this stuff and not be affected by it. Well, then you've got bigger problems yeah. because there's a the, you, you know your your spiritual receptors are meant to be really. Uh, sensitive to that yeah. sort of stuff are meant to be very impressionable yeah. so if you're not being uh then then that you know not being affected then that maybe that could be an point to an even bigger problem so i uh, you know um that that's an unpopular very unpopular message uh for our day but i i i, I will keep going on about it because i uh, i think i just think we need to um be we need to be mindful of this. We need to. This is not about. Oh well, what's right and wrong, and what can I watch and what can't? I'm. I know, I'm just talking about. I'm just talking about. Yes, there are some. There is some stuff that's just like you really. No, you don't really need. You really don't need to see that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it is about proportion, about getting drawn into much more subtle things, actually. Yeah. Uh, and and let's be let's be wise to that. Uh, if in doubt, here's what I'll finish with. If in doubt, take it to God. Take it into the light of God and say, hey, God, what do you think about this? And see what God says. Wow. Uh, there's some wise advice from Matthew. Uh, if in doubt, take it to God. See what he says about it. I think that's a lesson we can learn from the book of Judges. Now, I don't know about you. I'm absolutely loving what we're discovering here in the book of Judges. And on the next episode, we're going to go through some of the big judges that we haven't met yet. So uh, hang on to your hats because things are going to get even crazier and darker from here. Now, don't forget, we have a very special offer just for you right now over at thrivetoday.tv. You can pick up Matthew's Deeper Places video series for half price. For half price. Do not delay. Get a hold of this great offer today over at thrivetoday.tv. Until the next episode, we'll see you soon here at Thrive. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Matthew and DJ really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading in the Bible as you go through it with Thrive. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all of our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visit ratethispodcast.com slash thrivedeeper. 
If you appreciate what we do and want to help us reach more people, go to ratethispodcast.com slash thrive deeper. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper into God's Word and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production.